What up, my fellow Survivor lovers? Welcome to Survivor Historian, part of the Challenge Historian podcast feed. I am your host, Jacob Hollaball, born again Survivor superfan, and joining me as he does every week that my schedule allows for, because sorry, we missed <laughs> last week. My fault is the one and only Tony Lance. Tony, how are we doing this week? Not too bad at all. I am happy to be back talking Survivor. Happy to be done my final assignment for my course so i don't have to do anything until january hell yeah that's a wow full month off you gotta love that yeah, well definitely. yes as reference we were not here last week for episode nine i take full responsibility for that um i don't know if we promised we'd be here every week i probably said that more times than i should have uh given that <laughs> with our schedules it was it was bound to happen and you know over a holiday and a bunch of other stuff sickness work and whatnot it did not happen but we're back today for episode number 10. We will briefly at the top of the podcast touch on one or two just quick things from episode nine. Both episodes were very good, thankfully for us. And it was if if there was one to miss, episode nine was kind of the one to miss, given that a lot of the storylines carried over into episode 10 and True. they feel a bit like a tandem. So I well, you know, I I'm sad that we missed one, but uh it, it turned out to kind of be the the best case one probably to miss of all of them. So that's the agenda for this evening. Quickly, before we begin, though, program reminders, uh, B-Fank and Challenge World rolls on, on to episode whatever they're on, 10, uh, 9 or 10 of, I guess, what is going to be a 22-episode season. Jeez. I am now hearing or seeing in different places. So screw the holidays, says MTV yeah. in the challenge, going right on through. So that'll be coming every Wednesday night. Survivor, we will, fingers crossed, be back every week the rest of this season, which isn't that many episodes left. Yeah, How many episodes close. are in a Survivor season? Like 12, right? Uh, 12 or 13, it depends. But I mean, they're, the final five is normally the finale. Yeah, and we've got seven, we've got seven left after so. this episode. So seven, six, and then five. Yeah, so three more weeks, more than likely. Yeah. Um, so we will be back each and every one of those to cover that sometime between Friday and Monday night. Tony, anything going down on Challenge Fandom that we missed in the last week and a half or so since we last spoke or coming up exciting? Yeah, actually. Um, we are now officially a much bigger host crew. Oh my uh, we goodness. Have, we have two new hosts. Uh, we I didn't have, even see this. Yeah. So we have Alexis, who you might remember from guest, like she's guested a couple of times. Yep. Um, we have now brought her on as a full-time host. And then uh, Katie, who I had previously uh, said was Melissa. She, <laughs> she is now one of our other uh, permanent hosts. So now we actually have... Um, three women on our podcast which is fantastic so karina doesn't have to deal with all of us by herself <laughs> and we had our first episode Corey is still away but we had our very first episode with um a six-person podcast i had to do math really quick yeah um yeah you got a full my, tribe i just glazed over um yeah we had a whole starting tribe of of six three and three um and it was a lot of fun it was a blast um it's it's really cool to have like a big crew um, and get all those different insights because I mean, everybody comes at the challenge from a different perspective and different background. Um, so yeah, I'm super stoked on it. We, I think that episode will be out either today or tomorrow. Um, and then, yeah, uh, we don't have, I don't think we have any interviews coming up yet. And it's just been like finding our groove with 
a six person crew and we seem to find it pretty quick. Yeah. Love that. Well, yeah. we officially now congrats and uh, awesome for those two joining. Love that. Yeah. Can't wait to listen in. Um, we now between us have both ends of the spectrum covered. We got a solo show and we got a six person crew. So whatever <laughs> you're looking for, uh, and then here for survivor, we've got your standard two person crew. So we've got it all covered around these parts. So Definitely, as always, if you, for some reason, are not already following Challenge Fandom and you watch the challenge, or if you just want to be nice, if you don't, if you're only a Survivor person, <laughs> but you just want to be nice, you can still go hit follow, download all the stuff that really helps. Everything will be in the show notes below. With that, Tony, let's dive in then to Survivor 45, briefly episode nine, and then into episode number 10. All right, starting with episode number nine, and quickly, I did not mention uh, in the little intro there, but we do have a third co-host today. Speaking of yes. all new co-hosts, we do have my dog Bodie in the room, and he's probably going to make a lot of noise. And if you're watching this on YouTube and you continually see me looking all around or maybe a little tail fly up in the background, that's what that is. His squeaky toys are kind of loud, so if you hear that too, I'm probably not going to take the time to try to edit that out after the fact. So. He's here. If he has a strong opinion about anyone, I will let you know. I'll, get, I'll let him get on the microphone. I doubt it, though. He usually falls asleep before I get to Survivor. So episode nine, quickly, the episode that we missed. Uh, two main things to hit on uh, really quickly, and then we'll get to the most recent episode. The first thing being, while I know, and probably anyone that's listened to us talk all season, probably can guess what our opinions are to some degree. I'm interested to see if they're in line with what they've kind of been throughout the season, how did you feel about the immunity challenge and the structure of last week's episode being split yourself into three teams of three and then the challenge ending up being three people will, you know, a team challenge until there's one team left and then an endurance challenge between those three, all of them getting the reward, only one of them getting immunity. How did you feel about the, the overall structure? I hated it. Okay, um, that, that's that's in line with how you felt all season. You're consistent. Okay, explain. Yep. I don't like people's votes being taken. I think I understand the need to like change the game, keep things interesting, yada yada yada. However, this cast is interesting. Like mm -hmm. they are playing really hard and they're really good players. So if you put like if you give all of these players their ability to vote especially at nine because nine is traditionally like a big vote because it's when you start to get really down to it so to take three people's votes away at random basically because you don't necessarily know the dynamic of that group of three it screws up everything like it screws up plans and i understand the need to scramble and i understand what they were trying to do but i really hate that especially because they didn't they, they, they didn't do anything wrong that's my problem like that's my big problem with this one is they did not do anything wrong mm -hmm. it wasn't like they took a beware advantage it wasn't like they took a shot at a challenge on like shipwheel island and it didn't work out for them they just were a group of three that didn't find ropes as quickly as the other two groups of three and i don't think they should be penalized for that like maybe then if you really want to take something away maybe you don't get to participate in the immunity challenge mm -hmm. right like maybe that's what happens you don't lose your vote but you don't get a shot at immunity because that's still dire 
that could still sink your game, but at least you still have your vote and at least you can still be a contributing member to your alliance. Because if you lose your vote, you, you're not really any use to your alliance during that vote. Yeah, which is, it's really a timing thing. I wouldn't, if you just explain this to me in advance of the season, I would have been like, yeah. this one doesn't break any of my rules. I don't love the losing the vote either. Uh, I don't know which way you could have differently to do it to make each of the three teams like getting to the three stages maybe maybe you just don't get any food if you're the first team out and then the second group gets a little food and the final group gets all the food and then one gets immunity i don't know but i wouldn't have been that upset with this structure because there was only one winner in the end and it's kind Mm -hmm. of fun that like team picking without knowing what teams you're picking is kind of interesting to me if in a vacuum i'm like good with it it's just I know they do so much planning that usually is is you know such an asset to the show of how well they think through this all beforehand. But this is one moment where I wish they would have read the exact situation they had and said, "Hey, this was a great idea that we land out, but we've got to cut it because yeah. we've got this strong four in this narrative that we're building is like there's this four, but there's still a majority on the other side if they could get together." And they can't, that other side is dysfunctional. And that's kind of this interesting dynamic that's playing out. It's like the re before kept all this control because the other group was so dysfunctional that they could never actually trust each other to rally. And this was the last chance they really had to do that. And at nine people with five on one side and two of them end up losing their votes. And then one of them, the one person that wins their vote back happens to be the one member of Reba that also has two idols already. And it's like, oh, great. Of course, Austin did like no problem. So uh, I did not. I just think it was bad timing. I didn't hate on its own the structure of the idea. I just wish they would have. If it happened an episode earlier or later, I would have felt way differently. I just think timing wise um, it didn't it didn't help. And that obviously, you know, that storyline is one of the ones we'll talk about here in a second with episode 10. Then that continues to play out of Reba four now versus four in episode 10 that still can't get their shit together to just do anything to break up that four. Speaking of that four though, the one other thing I wanted to mention from episode nine is that as the re before dominate and continue to have control of the game, it's just slow build of, well, at some point they're obviously not, you know, they're going to have to vote one of them itself out. You know, maybe they, maybe they have the courage to do what no one else would do and go to the final four together and figure it out then probably not. But as far as episode nine went, D was the one that won essentially yep. the battle of who gets to make the choice for the re before she wants Kendra, Julie wants Jake, the group, Austin and drew are kind of like, eh, I don't really, you haven't said Emily in this, so that's fine. She we're secretly kind of working with her. So we don't care. And D won out in the end when sending Kendra home and getting yep. everyone to be for the same reason they yep. like, cause Julie wants Jake out because Jake said her name. Yeah, it's and, both just like we're we get to pick, and yeah. you know if our group's picking, he voted for me, he voted for me, yeah, and yeah. it's just like little spite, which it must be a great feeling in Survivor to be like we're so safe that even at nine people left, we can be like I've received one vote on this island, and that mother effer is going home right now. We have how are they still here? They voted yeah. for me, and it's like geez, you normally aren't in such a cushy position that you can have that level of spite to just be like, have to go. You voted for me like three weeks ago and it didn't matter, but you still have to go. Well, and that's the thing too. Like it's, it's so intense to look at this group of four that is able to just kind of ride it through. And it happens more often than not just because people invariably look at everybody else in their tight alliance 
and they're like, oh, I need to cut somebody while I have the numbers to do it. And they're running out of time to have the numbers to do it. Mm -hmm. So whether they, whether they intentionally go as a foursome to the end and then figure out who wins immunity, who does fire and who sits at final, or they just don't have the extra bodies to make anything happen within the next couple of votes. Yeah. They're going to end up with final four. Yeah. One way or the other. And they stay in control. And uh, yeah, that's episode nine. Basically Kendra goes home. She's very upset about it. Last thing I'll say is I did enjoy um, Kendra grew on me as someone who I didn't go yep. into the season Likewise. expecting to like, and then through the first couple episodes was like, yeah, you know, fine good person nothing bad about her as a person but didn't vibe with her i vibed with her more near the end and i definitely loved that she finally she gets voted out doesn't say a damn word to anyone just icy stare pissed off and just walks up to jeff lets him stuff it and walks off doesn't say one word doesn't say i love you nothing it's just like this is bullshit i'm out of here these yep. people made a bad decision. I was not, I shouldn't have been the one voted out. So shout out to Kendra for that. And uh, yeah, that's your episode nine recap. Nailed it. Wow. Our podcast could be 10 minutes every week. Boom. We just kept our mouths shut, but it won't be. It's going to be much longer than that. Cause now we're going to actually talk about this week's episode, episode number 10. All righty. So to kick off episode number 10, then we will go chronological as we always do here and hit the, you know, kind of the main point or two of each section of the show. So night 17, day 18, which it is crazy that we said in the opening, there's only three episodes of this left. And it's, yeah. I know we're on the fifth season of this short 26 day thing now, but it still is very striking when you're like, yeah. oh, day 18. Wait, that's there. <laughs> we're almost done. Like, oh my gosh. Home okay. stretch. Yeah, they're starting to get a lot of food and rewards and stuff like they're they're okay. Wow. Okay, here we are. So the main thing to talk about from the opening segment is Bruce um, in Bruce's plan that he hatches. And we'll we'll probably reference it throughout the episode, but the it comes to fruition here at the beginning. His plan yeah. is that he has come up with the idea to lie to everyone and say, Kelly left with my idol. I was worried about the knowledge's power and everyone knowing that I had an idol and maybe wanting to get me out. And so I gave it to Kelly to hold on to. And then she walked out with it on its own, on its face. Fantastic lie. Really good lie. Totally believable. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. The thing that did not make sense was him deciding the first person I'm going to tell is Katura, which actually does make sense. They finally, they have this nice little moment on the beach where they're like, can you believe like, we obviously both know we don't like each other, but here we are. We're going to work together. This is so good. And then Bruce is like, you know what? I should practice my lying. I shouldn't tell her the plan. I should reveal my plan by first lying to her and then saying, oops, just kidding. How is my acting? And that that's his downfall. He has this great plan, what I think is a great plan. You tell me if you agree, but he has what I think is a great plan that will work. And as we see later in the episode, everyone else believes it until they're told that that's complete bullshit. Um, but he... <laughs> He doesn't just float this as an idea to Katura. He lies to her and then says, just kidding, how was my acting? And that's why he eventually goes home. Yeah, so smart plan, smarter plan if you float that out when Kelly goes home. Like when you go back to camp. Rather than not telling anybody anything for another whole vote, and then saying, hey, by the way, Kelly actually left with my idol. And like, I don't know if he felt he could easily have covered that up by being like, yeah, like uh, my me having an idol felt like 
during yeah. the Kendra vote, like the only reason that anyone was even thinking about voting for someone else. And then once I won immunity, it was just, you know, keep my info to myself, you know, what, what's the matter. And now I feel like I'm going to get voted for no matter what. And I don't actually have an idol. So like, I, so th that, I think he could have pulled it off. He could have, but like, that's, that to me was the piece that was missing from his story was when he was talking to either Katora or to Jake, he could have said like, I didn't tell you guys this because I had immunity, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't have my idol anymore. And it could have been a part of like the full story that we just didn't get because mm -hmm. of editing. But like, I think, I think that for me was the piece where I was like, you need to explain why you didn't tell anybody in your super tight alliance that you didn't have your idol. Mm -hmm. so that they can potentially protect you or like work around you but the thing that killed me was when he did his confessional and said that he told jake so that it could spread out through a camp because jake is clearly the one who's going to be leaking the information he's like any info i, looked, I get everyone gets because i'm on the bottom yeah. and i don't know what else to do yeah and then i looked at sarah and i was like Katura is going to be the one that tells anybody anything about Bruce before Jake does, which is true. So like, but then the way that it was framed is even if Katura is the one that tells everybody, Bruce has already set it up in his mind that Jake's going to be the one to tell people. So even if Katura does, he's still blaming Jake for it because he's the one who he planted the information to leak out. So it's a good plan and like clearly it worked until it didn't and it was really bruce's only move and he needed to start that story before they played for immunity because mm -hmm. if he starts it after then it's obviously just i didn't win immunity i yeah, have to tell people that story. i don't have my idol um but yeah i'm with yeah. you i yeah i just think it was i think it was a perfect lie and a, a perfect idea of a lie that is convincing that someone would believe and would make sense and um would then also be able to have the effect of him being if it all worked his you know whole goal is then we go to tribal council and people vote for me and i pull out the idol and then you know it only takes two or three of us to actually yeah. vote for the person and get someone out so i think it would have worked i think it just doesn't don't tell katura in this works just yeah, like have at this point it. the fact that after all of this he decided you know what i might as i my number one i have been told after we voted her out uh was definitely wanted me out katura has openly hated me the whole time i'm working with no one he should be like maybe emily maybe emily is yep. the one person who emily is desperate is the only person this whole episode that's like i there's four of us there's four of them we should do this but she literally says in the confessional i think near the opening here like I so desperately want Jake, Katura, and Bruce and I to work together and we could get one of them out, but those three just can't do it. And I can't yeah. trust them to do it. And so I have no other choice but to kind of still be over here. And it's just like, yeah, they just that's that's the story of the Bellow tribe of this season, basically, is just they yeah. can't, they couldn't get on the same page. Um, so yeah, this will obviously unfold throughout the episode. So let's move then to the reward challenge. So the reward challenge comes and it's, as we referenced earlier, we are later in the game than it still feels like we would be, but uh, we are late enough in the game that the biggest reward challenge of the season is here. They don't say it, it up front, but I definitely 
when it was just a reward challenge at this point, I was like, I don't think there's any other, there's going to be another reward only challenge. Yeah. And I feel like the, whatever family element, maybe if it's still just letters, maybe if someone's there, whatever is going to be a reward only challenge. So I had a feeling it was going to be this one. Emily wins, uh, which is a big moment for her. You know, obviously, yes. you know, the full, you know, the full, end of the arc would be winning the whole season but as far as where she and her lulu tribe members started the season to have one of them still in the game and winning a challenge on day 18 is not something we would have seen coming in the first episode no she wins it's very fun it's very exciting and then she gets the you know always horrible choice and kind of the reason you maybe don't want to win yes. which is now i have to pick people to go with me to the sanctuary for a real meal she eventually picks the three other women. Half of the tribe gets to go. They get actual food, which is the other thing we didn't say about episode nine. The reward for that one was like one turkey with no silverware or anything. Yeah. Still amazing. The number chicken. one thing you want. But like then this one is like, here's a full meal. They still don't have silverware, which is kind of interesting. They're eating with their hands most yeah. of the time. Maybe that's just how they want to eat. I don't know. But the most important part is then they're filled in. You're going to get the letters from home. So what do you think about Emily's picks from a strategy standpoint? Uh, take it any way you want to go. Yeah. So I actually had a question for you as well. So I will kind of give you, I'll give you my take on it. I think that Emily knows that Julie and D are tight, right? Like they're uh, pretty much unbreakable at this point, as far as before they attack each other, they're not going to like go together against Drew and Austin, at least not right now. So I think that the people that she chose was more to build those bonds for potential jury members than it was necessarily to build bonds, to build an alliance, to move forward in the game. I think that she's still, while still trying to figure out where she sits, I think she thinks that she can still get in with Austin and Drew in a way that will allow her to be somebody to help them vote out the other two. So she doesn't necessarily want to work with D and Julie because I think that she sees G D as like her main competition. But I think that this is her attempt to kind of gain jury votes, build those relationships and everything else. And I actually saw um, Kelly did her Ponderosa video so like the day after she uh, went to Ponderosa, she gave Emily full credit for that move of her being taken out. And she also said that Emily is her winner pick. Wow. Okay. So I'm thinking that we're maybe not seeing just how social of a game that Emily is playing now and just how in control while being not in control she actually is. Um, so I definitely think that that was, that was to build those relationships more than to build an alliance. Definitely. Very, very interesting to find out. Kelly said that, um, yeah. where do you watch those videos by the way? Uh, it was on Instagram. I think I might've sent it to you, but I sent it to you on my way down the stairs to record. Oh, so yeah, I sent it to you in the period of time that you would have no way to watch it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but and yeah, it's on. They put CBS's. a lot of stuff out through, uh, entertain, not entertainment tonight, entertainment, entertainment weekly. Whatever. Entertainment with, uh, Weekly, yeah. Dalton yeah, Ross, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so probably a lot of stuff there as well. Cause they had entertainment weekly always has like the bonus scene or whatever. And the last yes. couple have been like, these are pointless. There's a reason they <laughs> hit the cutting room floor. I guess the 90 minutes now they're hitting, like, we actually are showing you everything that kind of matters. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree that Emily, there might be more of a social game there than we've even been seeing. She's definitely been getting a, you know, been one of the stars because of just the situations that her team and then her as an individual found herself in. I, my only question on, I think it's ultimately like, it's good to have a reason for who you pick. Um, yeah. and you know, doing the all women thing is like a solid reason. I personally think that she maybe could have done something a little different strategically. And if it wouldn't have been for like, at this point, she doesn't know that Katura is like going to throw Bruce under the bus. Yeah. I would have found it fascinating if she would have picked Katura, Bruce and Jake and been like and got there and just made it very clear and obviously like guys if this is going to happen they know the word that's what we're going to talk about we know that's what we're going to talk about but like if it's going to happen it has to happen now let's all have yep. this meal and try to figure this out uh would that have worked probably not but uh you know would have been interesting the only other thing the whole time i was thinking what because sometimes jeff is willing to negotiate mm -hmm. if emily would have given up her spot have some um, people have done that before, maybe not for this, but yep. have offered like how, if, you know, will you let multiple more people go? If I give up my spot, I wonder how many people Jeff would have let go. I wonder if he would have let everyone. I doubt it. He probably just, says no, but if I, I don't know. Maybe just, if they gave up their vote. I don't know why I was like immediately went to the idea of like, <laughs> Emily should ask if I don't go, can everyone else go just to see what Jeff says? which I think he would have said, I'll let one extra person go in five right. instead of four or whatever. And then it would have been like, can she get someone to say like, I'll also sit out and try to take this like credit that you're trying to get of like giving more people this reward. Um, but ultimately that would be silly. And it would have uh, taken away the Emily wine glass in hand confessional that is now an iconic meme forever. So, uh, you know, who would have wanted that? So the women head to the sanctuary. The boys head back to the beach and uh, they both have a great time as we'll talk yes, about they now. Do. Starting with the sanctuary before we get to boys night uh, <laughs> um, at sanctuary, Katura just immediately throws Bruce under the bus. Like immediately it takes no time at all. And is, is his lie, the idol thing even mentioned Um and then she says, oh, that's fake. Or does she come out right away and just say, "By he's got, she just comes out and says, Bruce is going to try to lie to you about yeah. X, right? And Emily's face is like, what the F are you doing here? Like, what's going on? Right. Yeah, it's, uh, I think, it, I don't know that it was in the edit. I don't know that we got any like provocation of that fact coming out because it's not like they even went to the immunity challenge yet and Bruce didn't win. They haven't even done that yet. So there's no need to talk about it yet. Cause you know, it's like Caleb, it's like Kelly. If they don't win immunity, then everyone's voting for them. Mm -hmm. So I guess she was sort of saying, if he doesn't win, he's going to try to sell this story. So don't let that fool you because this could be the only opportunity that she gets to talk to D and Julie without raising suspicion mm -hmm. from Bruce, who seems to like to know where everyone is going at all times. Um, 
I agree with you. It was seemed very out of left field and I'm sort of talking myself into it um, <laughs> now by saying like, that's the opportunity to have that conversation. But it, yeah, if I want, and I don't want to, cause I think this is just a, we'll, uh, we'll talk in worse strategy, but I think Katura's it's an edit and maybe they just decided the edit is going to, it's going to be really fun to do this like rivalry between Katura and Bruce, but uh, her seemingly, as far as we can tell, like only goal in this game, just to be, to get Bruce out, isn't a great strategy to me. And I think she should have held on to this info, but as you said that I, I will at least give the, it would, it's going to be way better if she tells them all now before they've yeah. even been lied to and be like, be on the lookout, act, believe, act like you believe it, the whole thing versus yeah. finding out later. Oh, he's, Oh, he told you that lie. It's a lie. And then them being like, who's actually lying to me. Right. Uh, yeah. Finding out up front, They're like, Oh, you're telling me about this. Like you're, telling me the truth if you're telling me about a plan that hasn't happened yet and then i see that plan happen i now know who's yeah. telling the truth um so there is some credence to it more than i also thought going into actually having this conversation <laughs> but i still don't love the strategy i do love though that we do finally get the first non-bruce related katura content uh we find uh we get a little bit of her backstory um as she gets the letter from her mother who we find out she had separated ties with and seemed to be she separated ties with her mother yeah. um you know was you know as far as who made that decision to do so um and that's kind of all we we don't find out like any anything else beyond that really but that that was obvious that's obviously a massive whatever led yeah. to it is a is a massive life decision and probably had a lot of consequential actions um and experiences in your life that lead up to making a decision like that um and then make it all the more powerful or emotional when you then get a letter from her and i think she does read it that was the only part i was kind of confused yeah. by was like at first when she you know kind of broke down and told everyone what was going on i was like did you just see that you had a letter from your mom have you read it yet and then like are you going to read it so i was a little confused but i, I believe she does actually read yeah because she referenced like what was said in it Okay, I believe, yeah. like in regards to the fact that um, no matter what our relationship is now, like you're still my my daughter. And mm -hmm. so I think what she was conflicted about was conflicted on what to do with the emotion that she got as a result of reading it more mm -hmm. so than like, do I read this letter? Um, but I really like to me, the loved one's letter, like this particular one was probably one of my favorites like that i felt the most connected to despite having not really having the same lived experiences of any of the four mm -hmm. but to get really into each one of their stories and to see what those letters meant to each individual person and like to have d reading hers and having the voiceover and like having the subtitles and like to have julie who we know like went through a divorce and everything like that and Emily, where she's got like big life stuff going on at home that she's not actually present for. Um, so it's it's all really interesting personal information and like getting to see these people beyond just the game that they're playing. And I really like that. I think it's the first time that I've really felt that strong of a connection to the like the loved one letters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm. They're cool every time. Like, and obviously you could tell how I can put myself in their shoes as far as like getting a letter um, from like my wife or someone in that situation yeah. would obviously be, you know, I would be 
extraordinarily overwhelmed with emotion the way they are and everyone is in this situation, but they've also never really, never really done it for me. Uh, as you know, I know there's a big segment of the audience that definitely gets teary eyed over it as well. And, you know, is one of the things they're looking for out of survivor and it has never hit me. And this one did a little more, but I think it had as much to do with the fact of like, Oh, I'm finally getting to know something about Katura, like as much time as we've spent with a few with all of these four, but yeah. finally getting to get a little bit more or the nice reminder, the Julie reminder was because I had mm -hmm. forgotten and that was like all in her bio we talked about in the preseason of, you know, basically started life number two at like 40 got divorced, completely changed careers, single mom and now, you know, 10 years later, has built a really successful brand new life like that's really cool and interesting. Yeah. And uh, I had totally forgotten that any of that was a thing. And then nice reminder of that. Um, did you by chance, uh, speaking of earlier things that we find out after the fact, did you see Austin's one of his letters from home that he shared afterwards? Cause no, they all get theirs after they leave the home. Yeah. Uh, Austin's brother <laughs> wrote him a letter that I don't have it in front of me. It was very short. It was like, a hundred words or something like a short paragraph and a half. Yeah. And it was about, it was Austin's brother saying how he was eating a sandwich and thinking of Austin and how hungry he must be. <laughs> and the sandwich was really good. And he thinks about Austin with every bite that he takes or something like That's that. That's amazing. And it was like, Austin obviously posted it. And then even better on like the comments was like, you know, if I would have got this on the Island, it would have been sandwich revenge. Number three coming real soon <laughs> when I got home or whatever. But I was like, that's hilarious. And I know they get more than one letter. It's not like that would have been the only one. And yeah. he would have been like, well, this didn't really like, it was funny. <laughs> it's way funnier afterwards when I'm not on the Island. I would like someone to like pump me up, make me feel good, make me feel loved. But I thought that was really funny. And speaking of Austin and funny, the boys during this portion, they have a good old fashioned bro out something new yeah. to Drew, but which no, it's not Drew. Uh, we've heard you say earlier, you know, you have two personalities, Drew and Basile, 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 yeah. Basile. And one of those is like frat bro, like party guy in your fraternity at college. And like, you can't say that you have half an identity that's a party guy in your fraternity at college and say you've never broke out. It looked like you had flexed before and it and you know, whatever. You seem pretty comfortable with the pose. Um, but they have a big old fashioned bro out. They paid I don't know how much money, but a lot of money for a Kenny Loggins, full-blown yep. top gun Kenny Loggins. So that's something uh I was couldn't believe and was, it was made amazing. it all the better. And uh yeah, they have a good old time, they fart, they burp. They talk about bacon, and then when uh, they eventually get bored and Austin realizes, hey, I'm never going to get a chance outside of right now to just go fish, but like no game, actually enjoy being in Fiji. He has the comments about, you know, like, it's amazing that my backyard is this coral reef in this ocean. He catches some fish. I don't need, they maybe cook it. We don't even see that part. <laughs> um, I was very entertained. I was, I was into it. How did you feel about the little bro out session? It was fantastic. I'm I'm gonna be on board anytime that you bring out Kenny Loggins. Um it it was so good. And then on uh the On Fire podcast, they talked about how they had get taken it down to like two choices. It was either gonna be heavy metal or like cheesy eighties music. And it was I forget who made the suggestion, but someone was like what about this song? And they were like, yeah, definitely. Cause it was going to be heavy metal. Heavy metal had one out and then it 
that would have been horrible ended up being kenny loggins well they probably would have used slightly different footage if it would have been like heavy metal yeah, but, but sifu, was, sifu there. wasn't there yeah. sifu's not there to yeah. hit the guitar or his so what's the point whatever he does it's not always air guitar but it's air yeah something machete um, air machete yeah, air machete uh yeah so it wouldn't have felt right without sifu um no. so he would have been so bummed if he would have watched that scene at home and it would have been like crushed. heavy metal and he wouldn't have been there yeah would, would yeah. have completely never again thought of i didn't win a million dollars would have been like i wasn't there for that moment yeah, me and my exactly. machete were not there for that that would have been heartbreaking for him to watch well i enjoyed it uh i i doubt i i i think they might have been not lying, but withholding part of the truth on the On Fire podcast because there's a secondary conversation then when someone says, what about this Kenny Loggins song um, that is in one of the most successful movie franchises ever? It, I'm sure it doesn't come cheap in CBS. You no. know, uh, They're on a nice budget these days doing Fiji over and over and shorter, but uh, they still are on a budget and they still have to talk about it. They just like blew it. Yeah. Since they've gone, all the seasons that they've been to Fiji, they, they've just broken even now. Uh, because they've used this one song by Kenny Loggins. Worth it. Yeah. But we're the rest of the price? season, we're exclusively getting the opening credits like tribal theme song just in the background of everything the rest of the season. And there's gonna be a little Chiron at the bottom that says, Remember Kenny Loggins? Yeah, that was great. Um and the yeah, winner that's... gets 20 bucks this season. <laughs> we actually took a hundred thousand dollars out. You guys are gonna love it though when you see it on TV. <laughs> it's the guys on the beach and Kenny it, it cost a lot of money, so we had to reduce your prize money. Yeah, that'll be and it'll be an all women final three. It'd be like, excuse me, you did what? Um yeah, that'd be great. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But if it did, I would laugh. Um, so yeah, and then uh, the uh, the girls come back at the um, at dawn, and then eventually later that day, they go to an immunity challenge. We the scene that I referenced earlier, the the scene that we didn't get to see uh, that they put out again. I don't know if it's through Dalton, but on uh, Entertainment Weekly again. Yeah. I keep messing up the name. Yeah, Entertainment Weekly. Um, and then they usually let the cast member that is the central, the narrator of the scene, also like tweets it. That's how I always see them. So I yeah. saw Austin tweeted it, and it was Austin getting the tree mail, and they they still get tree mail. We never see it anymore, but they still no, do. Drew, I think was it last week where we saw it? Yeah, it was last week that we saw it for the first time. This oh season. yeah, but that um, one because it actively had like we needed an explanation for why yeah. they were picking teams, unless there's something like that uh, or the you know the the auction one. We it wasn't tree mail, but we saw them read the clue. They're yeah, still getting something mail. like that every every day of a challenge. We're just not seeing it all the ways. Um, but they had gotten one that told them, and they all knew going in that it was going to be another. Uh, they don't use the word. They didn't use the word endurance. They used whatever the like really specific. Uh, proper term was which i was really impressed by i just called them all endurance challenges some yeah. sort of like hold something hold your body something or other and so they knew going in and they were all really worried about once they found that out they were like shit like really another one like bruce is two and oh um and you know like this is going to be tough um and so they go and it is another endurance style challenge one they've never done before that was the other yeah. part of the little scene they all hypothesized and they i my mind went once I saw it, even though I knew the end result, they thought the clue had said something about like holding on above water or whatever. They all thought it so was going to be the little breath. triangle thing in oh, the yeah. water where you stand on. And D, there was a little smile on D's face, like, got these toes, baby. Let's get these <laughs> toes back in. Uh, but it's not the toes, it's the hands almost exclusively. Yeah. They have to stay, uh, lay on these slanted 45 degree ish boards 
and there's little handholds on the side. They hold themselves up the hands. The first round or two, they get to use their feet uh, as much as they want. Eventually, they have to remove their feet as Which well. Brutal. And I like this a lot. I'm just yeah. going to say uh, the asshole in me just always trying to defend and claw back one little bit of um, of uh, pride for the challenge world. Uh, Survivor, the world of fair. I was listening to, I've finally gotten back into listening to Tyson. Pod has spoken. Yes. And he did point out, because he is the truth. He's the one that just cares so much about the, like, making the all rivalry. these things as fair as possible. Yeah. Um, and they pointed out, clearly, I forget who he had on this week. Uh, uh, Christian Ubicki. Yeah. Uh, that, like, this isn't fair. They didn't adjust these because the boards are all the same width. So the wider mm -hmm. you are, the easier it is. And some of the really, the girls, especially are very slender. Emily's like a much wider the, grip on that than out. Bruce, who's got his arms a little more straight next to him. And then also that the handholds then, which does, they work more or less in, you know, counter to each other. The handholds were the same size for everyone. And so, you know, Bruce has really big hands yeah. can't comparative to an Emily. So it balances out a little bit, but I just had to, cause I'm, I'm meanie and I just had to point out that they, they don't go all the way above and the beyond they, which they didn't need to. I don't actually think no. like this was some unfair challenge or something <laughs> like that, but it was just a funny thing to point out. I liked it. Did you like it? And did, did you think that Bruce was going to win? Uh, I liked it. I did think that Bruce was going to pull out a win because Austin didn't look like it, his stance didn't look comfortable it didn't look like the quote-unquote right stance with me having no frame of reference for how you should do this straight just arm looked... seems better than bent yeah because and it, yeah. it looked like just the way that austin was holding on it looked like his shoulder blades were like coming together in the back which is just uncomfortable when you do mm -hmm. that for two seconds so i can only imagine if you're holding up your entire body weight and you can't use your feet anymore and you're just like straight legged yeah. that that would just kill so i when they did that and i saw the two of them and whether bruce was just like holding it in or not bruce did not look phased by this challenge so i absolutely thought that bruce was going to catch another win yeah, I definitely, Austin just didn't look confident before. And yeah. again, it was then after the fact, but in the little clip thing, uh, as they all talked, like Austin was one of the main ones. I was like, oh, dude, like Bruce might win again. Like we have to beat him. Um, and so I thought he was going to get another one, which at this point would have been hilarious. Uh, I yeah. would have been all on board with um, because I'm so befuddled by the fact that they're all so dead set on getting Bruce out when he's the yeah. only one who would get zero votes at the end. And I thought he had made it far enough past the point of where now you're not going to get voted out because everyone wants to take you to the end if they can, but they just can't, they can't stomach him on the beach. I guess that that's badly. see that point exactly is why you need to get him out because if everybody else thinks that he's not catching any votes when you get to final tribal, that means that depending on who's trying to take him, he's taking up a spot that could be your seat. So you have to balance that out of, do I want to take Bruce to the end and sit next to him when he's outlasted all of these people that have tried to get him out and instead they've gone out as a result? Or do I want to get rid of Bruce? Because if I get rid of Bruce, that's one less person that can be taken to the end instead of me getting my spot. I mean, yes, but <laughs> I still just, I, I would lean, my strategy would lean on 
if once it's down to eight people, I'm really trying to focus as much on getting to the end as getting to the end with the right people. Um, whereas probably up until the round nine or eight, kind of the halfway mark of people being eliminated, I'm strictly thinking about just like be here the next day and worry about doing something that would win you the game near the end. Uh, this would be the first time. And again, is why I would say like Bruce survived these last couple. And I thought this would be the moment where he, it flips and it's like, well, you stuck around long enough. And so now I'm a little more worried. I'm less annoyed by you than I am worried about how I'm going to lose to any of the four people from Reba. Yeah. And so that's a lot of people to have to get out that I can't totally. take to the final. So like, I got to get to work on that. You're safe now, Bruce. Um, but I see your point. Yes. That if you're thinking, you know, it's, you're kind of viewing, if everyone wants him at the final, then it does become like a bigger threat to take one of the three spots that you are trying to get. But thankfully for everyone, Bruce does not win immunity. Austin wins. Hooray, Austin. It's about time though. Honestly, uh, I did. I did think like at some point, like Austin seems to be a very fit dude. His energy level seemed to be as good as anyone left. He's now gotten to, or he hasn't, he got to eat once finally. Yeah. Or no, he hasn't, he Uh, hasn't gotten anything, right? He lost the last two because he was on the journey again. Um, Right. He got to eat at the auction when everyone got something, he got to eat the eye and then something after the eye, but he got that nice big bite of eye. So that's definitely helping him. But he now is immune in this one. And because there's nowhere else to mention it, uh, looking forward, he has two idols that have to be played by final five and there's seven people yep. left. So Austin's in the final five. If he's potentially, smart. unless he, you know, plays them for someone else or unless Julie hasn't given it back, uh, yeah, because Julie has one of them or did have one of them. But, uh, if he wanted to be, uh, he does have two idols to his name. Yep. Uh, we we assume and there have to be played in the next two tribals and therefore he if he wanted to could waltz right into final five or maybe win another challenge and use it then for someone else which is you know becomes just he's he's all powerful basically at this point yeah and so yeah with that that's the immunity challenge and then we head to the the final portion the scramble and the tribal council We'll mix these together. We usually separate these two, but it's a pretty quick, uh, we're only at the beach for a few minutes before we had to tribal because a lot of the groundwork had kind of been laid up to the immunity challenge with the two challenges in this episode. And it really comes down to as much as it probably the re before, you know, has, has a lot of sway in this moment. They don't have all of the sway because no. it is four people and if they think Bruce, you know, they, they know Bruce still has his idol. If they think he has to play it, if they have to split votes, four people out of eight when you need to split votes isn't enough to guarantee yourself anything necessarily. And so it kind of is Emily's game to decide in this moment. And she decides based on the fact that she just has zero faith, nor should she, that Katura and Bruce could vote together or even that necessarily that Jake won't just be like, turn around to Reba and be like, Hey, guess what? Someone wants to get you out. Will you please save me again? She decides my only, my only thing to do is actually to work with Reba and my big move. My first big move of the game is going to be that I'm the one that gets Bruce out. And she more or less convinces Bruce of, you know, hatches the plan of let's tell Bruce that it's Julie and that we've got four of us on board and that, you know, if they're splitting votes, you don't need to play your idol. Even she doesn't like say that, but that's her goal behind the scenes and confessional is like, I want to convince Bruce. He doesn't have to play his idol. And then we're going to get Bruce out. And ultimately 
that happens. That's exactly what happens. So do you agree with Emily's plan? We've kind of both alluded to our thoughts on like, should Bruce be the one, the target here or not? But then Emily execution of this plan, how much does this resonate with the jury in the end? Uh, you know, all things, Emily, Emily pulling the big move to get Bruce out. Yeah. So a couple things. One that I absolutely have to mention is in between um, the challenges. So before they went to immunity challenge, she was talking to Jake and like completely leveled with Jake said like, look, these are the people that are coming after you. This is why they're coming after you. And she said like, it's to build that relationship. And she is emulating Caleb's game because that's exactly what Caleb did with her in the very beginning. And she has now got to a point where she is using those same, those same tactics to have conversations and further herself in the game. And I think that's amazing to see. Um, additionally, while I don't, I will give it, I will go into more detail about where I think the move lands when we give out our awards, but as far as execution, it was beautiful. Like, my and i said this to sarah on my on my way down the stairs i actually stopped on the landing and yelled up to her I was like i'm gonna say this on the podcast i want to make sure that it sounds correct and she was like yeah i agree so i think that emily being able to convince bruce to not play his idol after he has been the target for several votes and has an idol in his pocket and this is the first time that he's vulnerable the fact that she can convince him to not play his idol is the same reason that I can, I think that she can convince whoever is on the jury to award her a million dollars. Like this move right here is why she is as dangerous as she is. And I don't think anybody fully realizes that because Katura was the one who mentioned Mama J first and then Emily echoed it. And like all of those different things, she's never necessarily been the driving force she's either tossed a name up in question or she's gone along like she's agreed and then helped orchestrate it so i think that this is her move and there's a moment at tribal when bruce is voted out and it focuses on bruce and she's slightly out of focus behind him and she looks over to the jury and smiles and to me like for in my head i continued looking at the jury from the other camera that wasn't there and all of them acknowledged that it was emily's move hmm. like i know that that's my gut feeling so it was the move that she needed to make i still have issues with it but it's the move that she needed to make yeah it's definitely i fully agree i think that is the number one thing to point out that in the moment i on, on watching i only i couldn't get past the you don't need to get bruce out like it does it's not that impressive or whatever and then slowly but surely i came to realize that yeah it's not that she got bruce out that it's it's no. she got anyone out that was in the position he was in that i've been the target for three straight weeks if not longer i've won immunity twice in a row everyone knows i have this idol everyone know i know that i have to play it and I was convinced to not. And yeah. I do this very perceptive view. I saw the same thing. And I think they also just did camera work to kind of make it like yeah. the, the the edit wanted us to know this is this was Emily's 
driving force behind this move. Uh, you know, four people do vote, but it was Emily behind actually the the vote for him. And yeah, that she wants the the uh, jury to know that because who the hell knows what Bruce's interactions with the jury when he goes back are, or if he like totally knows who to give credit to um right. for him being there other than just like i should have played my idol like that was so dumb of me type of thing um so yeah brilliant on her part again if it were just talking the person they're getting out i don't know that they got out a threat to win the game but as far as her being able to tell them i got the guy who wanted especially the last the bruce part of it is being able to add in I got Bruce of all people to do what I wanted him to do. The guy who only wanted to order us around who never wanted to listen to anyone else's plan. I convinced him that my plan was going to work and he felt so safe that he didn't play his idol. And then he went home. So yeah, definitely a huge move on a resume. Definitely puts her in my mind in pole position to win right now. If the jury, the current jury had to pick from the current players left, because I think the current jury until the Reba Ford, really need to be like, we need, I need to be in the final three is the only Reba. I need some people over there that are going to vote for me at yeah. the end of this, not just based on game, but like based on liking me. And uh, the current jury is definitely all like, we don't really, I'm not that interested in voting for the Reba people probably. <laughs> and now we have uh, our queen Emily to vote for. So fantastic move from her. The other quick thing uh, to discuss the final thing here is obviously the Reba before then stay really, really strong. They are, you know, they're still dominating the game and now they've gotten all the way to the point they're four out of seven. So they actually truly do have a stranglehold, but it, it does turn into, okay, so do you want to get someone out next time? Are you going to go to four? Are you going to go to five? Yeah. Who's going to split up with who, when you inevitably split up and there's two parts of with that one, I'll just put my prediction out first, Drew and Julie, some people read the scene. And I think it was another thing Tyson said on his podcast, read the scene of Julie and Drew on the beach talking and, you know, getting a little emotional being like, I don't like Julie talking about how she didn't like voting people out that felt, you know, like she was the mother figure and drew they have one of them says to the other drew asked, we're going to be all right, no matter what. Right. And she says like, yeah. yes. And uh, Tyson like had read that as he drew just gave Julie the permission to vote him out, which it was like, they were giving each other permission of like, obviously the four of us are not, we can't all win, Yeah. but I read it slightly different. They were kind of each telling each other we'll support each other when one of us says to the other. So Dean Austin, right? Like yeah. obviously me and you have to get Dean Austin. Cause I see the split being Dean Austin on one side and drew and Julie on the other side. And the whole mom and Julie thing was definitely a storyline in this episode. And um, even Jeff, went as far as to open the tribal council with Julie. Let's talk about how you've been upset over having to vote people out and everyone calls you mama and that role that you taken on, which is, is a really difficult role to have on, on the beach because you know, the obvious, if everyone looks to you as like their mom, that's someone that you trust and that you would vote for in the end. So yeah. that also makes you a threat. And it also makes your life harder because your friend your your relationships have that extra little layer of meaning to them um so any any thoughts heading out of this episode into the next one on where if you see the re before finally breaking and where those breaks maybe are going to happen i yeah i thought i took that conversation as basically each of them getting permission from the other to inevitably dissolve the re before when they need mm -hmm. to um, not necessarily Drew saying, 
you can take my spot. I totally took it as no matter what happens in this game, the four of us are still the four of us after the game. And that's as far as I took it. I didn't yeah. necessarily think that either was giving permission to take them out to get the other further. Just simply the fact that whatever happens in game won't impact what we've all built when we get home. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the Reba four, I totally see D and Austin in the power positions in that alliance. I think that Drew's best move is to get to Emily before Austin does and possibly rope in Mama J. I don't know how that looks, but if Drew swings over, and he doesn't necessarily have a reason to right now, but if Drew swings over and votes with Katura, Jake, and Emily and gets out a D, because Austin will play an idol for himself, I don't know that he'll see the shot coming for D. Or if Austin has an idol, he plays it for himself. Julie has his idol. It's supposed to go to D and she just holds on to it and lets the shot go. Then that's also a big move too. Um, there are ways forward. I think that the three that are left, Katura, Jake, and Emily could hold some sway because really you've got Emily, who's a really good talker and you've got two lawyers. So they potentially have the ability to give somebody enough of a case that they can switch over. Um, It'll be interesting to see what the next couple of weeks or the next couple of episodes end up being because very much so the Reba four, I think, I think the Reba Reba four will cannibalize before the other three get picked off uh, because they know that they either need people on the jury or they need to make sure that they're the ones with the best resume that are sitting at final tribal. Yeah, for sure. And we, this is the, I mean, we've been teased with like the next week on clips trying to tease for, I think through yeah. the last three episodes that like the Reba crew is talking about is. each other, but this one, it, the entire next week on was the Reba crew talking about each other. It was yeah. like, okay, like this isn't a fake out anymore. <laughs> they don't have anything else to show us in the next week on. And it would make sense that we've kind of hit the point of, you know, it, it, it has to happen at where yeah. we've reached the point where it literally has to, there isn't anything else to happen that could happen now. It just has to be that. I think, I mean, Austin is just sitting in such an unbelievable position. Yeah. Him and D who seem very close. They, you know, mm-hmm. nothing romantic that we've been told except from Kendra, who said she wants them to get married. <laughs> um, although they do with every passing episode, it seems to be, I don't know. They, it, there seems to be the smallest, maybe it's just me wanting there to be another relationship on the show. There does seem to be the smallest spark of like chemistry yeah. beyond friendship. And in the next week on, there was also them like kind of hugging and, you know, being a little definitely edited in a way that whether it totally. is or isn't wants me to see it and be like, Ooh, are they going <laughs> to kiss? Like something like that, you know? Um, but th- those two are, Julie and Drew are going to, you know, the moment they decide we have to do this are going to be like, yeah. well, those two are in the better position of the four of us. Yeah. And I think Emily cl- sees the game clear enough that she's also gonna be like, yeah, they're in the better position than the two of you. And it's going to, the target will be them. And it's whether would Austin, get, if he has, I'm, I'm going on an assumption. Julie gave the idol back or Austin asked yeah. for it back. Or if he didn't could say, give me my idol back. And Julie kind of, I don't think is the type of person to be like, nope, 
uh, nope, stay in my bag or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't think she can do that. So I'm going, he has both them. Would he play them both the next week and be like, I'll save me and D both and then be idle lists for the one tribal council where I could have had one and get to final five, where it is just simply winning an immunity challenge to get to the end. Um, and I'm the one standing around looking around Austin. Also, now that Bruce is gone respectfully to everyone else has to be thinking I can win all of the immunity challenges. Now I've proven just as good or better at everything that has been given to us puzzles included and everything as anyone standing here. Um, so that'll be, that'll be an interesting moment, but we will see. Um, yeah. And so with that, we will, uh, that's this episode. That's, that's two episodes. Look at us flying yeah. through two episodes Ooh. here. And now we will hand out some hardware. For the awards, we'll mostly keep it to episode 10, but uh, as we discussed before we started recording, if there's something that quote or moment that you just have to have to say from episode nine, feel free. So let's start as we always do with the quote of the episode. Tony, do you got any standout quotes? I'm thinking there's one that I know that we have not said, although we have mentioned via text that I'm guessing is going to come up at some point here in this awards. What uh, quotes do you have for me? I've got a couple. So I've got Keturah's like very paused and very demure. So yeah, I'm going to finish this glass of wine. (laughs) And it it was just such a nice moment. And it played so well into the whole scene of just like, yeah, I need a drink. Um, Also, I have to go with, Jake when Jeff was talking about like being at the carnival and everything like that. He's like, what kind of carnival have you seen this at? Yeah, also, thank goodness yeah. someone said it because it made no it was like Jeff, I you, you have 45 seasons, you talk all this stuff, like, you've got to have some flubs here and there. I don't yeah. know what the hell you're trying to describe. I've been to small town, like real carny stuff. Yep. I've been to county fairs, I've been to state fairs all in the Midwest, like the scones don't exist first of all at the at them yeah that's way too fancy for that's what for, i wrote down too anything else it's a, a euro and maybe funnel cake at best you know um and yeah nothing, nothing about that made sense so thank you thank you jake as always for always happy to open his mouth and say something and almost yeah. always entertaining thank you jake for calling that out <laughs> including uh dude i'm on the bottom how am i a mobster um and <laughs> I also wrote down Bruce's um, I don't really give two poops about it because it was it just made me laugh because I'm immature and he said poop, but also because I'm so used to people just saying I don't give a shit that to hear somebody say I don't give two poops. um, It just flowed well. It was nice. There's nothing I love more than the dad who doesn't curse, but like does uh, say plenty of phrases that then he has to replace. And so gives the PG (laughs) version of the, I don't give two poops about that. Um, Yeah. yeah, I always get a laugh out of that as well. I Um, did have, I had one from last week as well. Yeah. And then I have one from last week and then I have my winner. So the one from last week was, I don't even want to say I was left in the dark. I wasn't even left in the same dimension, which was another Jake gem. And the one that was the most pointed and I love because it continues the trend of Jake saying what everybody's thinking when you think about how the game should be played, 
when he just looks at Drew and he goes, wait, so you don't care if I catch a stray bullet, but I have to care if you do? <laughs> yes, that's very good. And that's during the moment I knew would come up here that we oh, did yeah. not discuss of, yeah, Jake and Drew having their uh, <laughs> previous, earlier in the episode during the bro out, they, you know, talk some game and are like, man, we could actually like, you know, Drew in Drew's mind, he's like, Jake, we could pull you in. You could be a part of what we got going on over here. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be a one-way street. Like, you can be a part of it. And then later on, Jake throws Drew's name out. Emily tells Drew immediately, or no, Julie immediately. Julie tells Drew, yeah. Uh, not a great move by Jake of just like, yeah, you kind of should have known. But again, love that Julie just conversation over you just threw out one of my allies uh i'm not even going to respond i'm going to walk away find said ally tell him and then he's going to come back and talk to you <laughs> unbelievable and then obviously the the you know the conversation they have and the goon talk and the yeah. what do you think this is the deposit or something um everything about that drew's just the freaking best which speaking of drew um i have a lot of drew content <laughs> here for towards as always because him and Jake are just neck and neck right now in yeah. the confessional king of the season. Um, it's coming down to the two of them for sure. I The only quote from episode nine, another Jake uh, opens the episode with, hi, I'm Jake. I'm still on Survivor. It's <laughs> just like, this guy's just the best. He's so fun every time. Um, did you see yeah. the correlation? Like, did you see the, the tweet of his and then uh, Kelly Wentworth's? from uh, uh, no. I think it was from Game Changers so she the start her opener was basically like hi I'm Kelly I'm still on Survivor I just canceled I just sent Andrew Savage home after canceling out however many votes um so a lot of people have put the two together Oh nice and love that it's a thing of beauty Yeah um yeah the I think our conversation is done all right mobster dude how am I on the mobster I'm on the bottom there's a departed reference that follows it the whole that whole thing um also drew near the end of the episode not even a full quote one word he finds a way Jeff asks him a question he finds a way to just weave in one word answer indubitably 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 yeah, which I didn't, I couldn't even spell. I'm embarrassed to say how I wrote this in my notes to be able to say that because uh, I don't know how to say that word. I literally don't have to speak that word or to write it, um, but it was amazing. I also, it wasn't like a full quote, but Drew had, maybe this was in episode nine. Let me scroll back to the bottom here. Yeah, it was in episode nine at Tribal Council. All, Drew's just money at Tribal Councils. He threw in a... Democles, Democles, some some Greek god, I imagine, is who he's referring to. Uh, yeah, story. the sword of Damocles. Yeah, and uh, and Jeff literally is so impressed that he like puts his one leg over the other and leans back, and it's just like, okay, Drew, regale us with this uh, this ancient history and this story. This is impressive. Um, so Drew, as always, is the best. But uh, I, I, the dimension line that you referenced from Jake, I think, was the best of these two episodes, and I would be my winner pick. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. So we'll give it to we'll give it to him one way or the other. As for moments, best moment, again back to episode nine, really quickly. Um, there was there was once, but no, it was the Drew the reference and Jeff being so into it, and then again, I already said earlier in the episode, Kendra no words on her way out just love that thank you for doing that because that's that's the appropriate reaction that's how i would react and so therefore that's the appropriate reaction which is how that works um 
Bruce's definitely Bruce telling Katura the lie and then the moment of confusion where he says, how is my acting? And she's like, wait, what, what's going on? And just the confusion and then the revelation of what he's doing in that moment. And just the fact that we're in episode 10 and still getting to watch those two interact is just priceless. Um, then the, I mean, obviously the bro out montage, uh, all, all of that is fantastic. The Jake and Drew thing is fantastic. Um, the Jake breaking down on the beach and first Katura and then Bruce, like yeah. having a nice moment with them really felt good for Bruce. Bruce has been so desperate to have a, like a dad moment. And for someone out there, as much as he wants to be fun, or uncle, a good edit. Yeah. He finally got to have like a, like this younger guy needs, needs a dad right now. Like he needs a yeah. dad to tell him he's okay. And he's like, he's good and he's talented and, you know, pump him up a little and he gets to have that moment with him. And it's really good. I was actually like, damn, that would have made me feel better, Bruce. So totally. thank you that. And then, uh, and then Emily's face after they get Bruce out. Uh, I really liked that as well. And the final one, I had forgotten us speaking of earlier. We said, you know, I forgot Julie's backstory. I yeah. forgot Katura was lying and no one knows she's a lawyer. But when Jake, <laughs> the, at the beginning of his breakdown with everyone in camp, I don't think it's Katura. I think it's someone else says like, when he's like, you know, like, I just feel like I suck. I feel like I'm dumb. And they're like, dude, you're like an awesome lawyer, like a badass lawyer. Like what? And, and Katura's like, yeah, you're a lawyer. <laughs> like, come on, dude. And I was like, holy shit. I forgot that Katura's a lawyer. And no one knows that Katura's a lawyer. Uh, so I liked that moment too. I, uh, so I have to give props to Bruce at the top of episode nine after Kelly got voted out and he had that really introspective moment about how, like, he's been told that Kelly felt like she was under his thumb and wasn't able to make any moves and was tethered to him. And he said that, like, he felt that he treated her no different than he would treat his wife or his daughters and he wanted to go back home and ask them about that and see if that's really how he's perceived so that he can kind of move forward from that. I thought that was really cool because so much of the season has just been like the edit of Bruce being the overbearing dad. Yeah. So it was nice to be able to get that moment and then couple that moment with Jake at the, like towards the end of this episode. Um, it doesn't like, it's obviously not the most entertaining moment as far as like, hijinks ensue but it was nice to see that um and nice to get those moments from bruce especially now that like obviously he we won't get more until the jury um so that one emily winning reward was awesome because she is the only remaining lulu which really if you were to look at the lulu tribe at the beginning of the show Emily would not be the one that you would anticipate still being here at final seven and winning individual immunity. Um, yeah. yeah. And like for sure. the wine confessional was great. Yeah. That should, <laughs> that should have been mentioned. That's, you know, as we said earlier, iconic meme forever. That's obviously a worthwhile nominee. Yep. And then, I mean, just the, the Jake and drew argument, they were like petulant children just like bickering with one another like it was almost as if mama jay had sent them to their room because jake had told her something that drew had done so they both got punished because jake told on him but drew did it so they were just like trudging their way back up the stairs to their bedrooms just being like why'd you tell her 
why did you tell her that I did it? You did it. And just the back and forth was a thing of beauty. That's my winner. It's yeah. just too much fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, and I, and I just also appreciate that should happen more often that two yeah, well, yeah, people like, are like, dude, what the hell? Like what, yeah. what's going on? You're all out there like starved or whatever. You, you got to be cranky. At some point, someone should be cranky and it doesn't make sense that they're not. And we finally got two people who are just like, ah, like, what, what are you doing? Saying my name. What are you doing? Saying my name. Ah, it just kind of like throw yeah. their hands up and like, this it was, is annoying. It's like Owen and James from their, like from 43, where they just finally got to a point where Owen was just pissed off at him to the point where he just started yelling at him. And I was like, I forgot about is, that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, should, was, it seems like it should happen more often. I know it's a game and you're supposed to keep your composure, but like, again, crankiness would have to yeah. set in at some point. And oh, totally. People should yell at people more often than they do, uh, yeah. which is maybe one of the miracles of how they cast this show that they <laughs> can avoid that. Um, well, yeah, we'll give that the best moment. Best or worst gameplay or one of both. Let's keep it just to episode 10 for yeah. this one. Um, I would The worst gameplay, I think, is obvious. Bruce should play his idol. Uh, mm -hmm. I think, I don't think I, it was convincing enough and I think he should have went with, I've won two immunities. I got second in the other one. I got second in the reward challenge. I just get to the next day and keep, you know, hope another yeah. idol comes into play. Hope I get late enough that maybe the Reba will break up or just, I win another immunity, but like I am purely in just survive mode and I have an idol and I should obviously play it no matter what I've been convinced of. And yeah, so I would definitely, I think that's the obvious worst gameplay. Best yeah. gameplay is kind of hard. I think in the end, I can't believe, if at the beginning of this podcast, I did not have it down, but we kind of talked ourselves into like, Emily, it's not about Bruce being out. It's about how the convincing yeah. of the person with the idol to leave and how impressive that is. I probably have to give that uh, the best gameplay. And uh, other in the, and then again, a kind of dual secondary Bruce, the lie itself was really great. The execution of it was horrific. Don't tell Katura. Don't tell Katura the way you did. And then the other worst is Katura. I still didn't totally agree with how that she then, I know we talked ourselves into that a little bit more too by the end of it, but I still didn't totally agree with her just dead set on like, this is the only thing that matters to me. It right. is kind of a little bit blinding again, at least from the edit that we're seeing. Uh, so those would be my nominees, but I think Bruce... Bruce holding an idol and walking out is obviously always horrible gameplay. And Emily getting to uh, getting to say she got someone to hold an idol and leave the game is probably the best gameplay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so best move. Honorable mention to Katura pointing out how Mama J is perceived in this game, because I don't think a lot of people are picking up on it. And to be able to pick that up and really hammer it home is a killer move. I gave both the best move and the worst move to Emily's one move of getting Bruce out best move because he and Katora were never going to work together effectively. So if she wanted to go further with one of them, it makes more sense that she'd go further with Katura because they have a relationship. So it makes sense to cut the person that you're not going to be able to work with. She got the idol out of the game. She got the immunity winner out of the game. And she also got somebody out who may have been perceived as a no vote finalist that could have taken her spot um, with like an Owen or not like Owen with uh, Drew and Austin because they could either take her with their alliance of three or 
Bruce is going to be easier to take than Emily. But then as far as worst move, she took out that fourth member that they needed to take on the Reba for head to head. So that's where it's the worst move. Obviously the absolute worst move is Bruce walking out with an idol in his pocket. Um, over the course of the show, I did like Bruce more and more. I think that he got a bomb edit, but I think that to have a bomb edit, you also have to do all the things that were in the edit for it to be aired. So I realized there's a lot more to Bruce and we're only looking at the edit that we're given. And I'm sure that he's like a totally chill dude because everybody from both the season that he was on briefly and this season seemed to jive with him. So sucks to see him go, but he had one hell of a game considering he played the first time for 12 hours. Yeah, for sure. I'm right there with you. I'm definitely, he got a, a shitty edit, but it's, it, that's just how it has to happen. They have, they only have so much time. They have to tell yep. kind of one specific story about each person. And you, you gave them the opportunity to have it be the Bruce versus Katura story and Bruce annoy people story. And so uh, that's what it was, but I do think he's a stand-up guy and a fun dude. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, I'm not swayed otherwise because of that edit. MVP of the episode, I I'd probably say M Emily again. I would say Emily again. Jake, as all Jake's like just constantly like the runner-up in the MVP yeah. to me is like he's just constantly one of the best parts of every episode, but not like the central character. Yeah, and he gets of, stuff done. Kind of goes like, in line with like how the votes and everything go. Of like you're around, you're because everyone's always like, well, if not this, then this. But yeah, uh, so sorry to say, if not Emily, then Jake. But I think I'm still giving it to Emily. <laughs> yeah, Emily wins MVP. Jake is honorable mention because you know what, people may think that he's not like that he's not perceived as being a great player but there's a reason that they've been trying to get him out this whole time as well like he is a threat in a different way than some of the other people there and i think that he's still got a chance but he is my honorable mention this week for sure and with that we head to find out where jake falls on the power rankings as we close out with that and the predictions so power rankings we've only got seven left uh we had we have been doing all everyone at this point i will let you go first uh, i don't actually have my ones from when we two weeks ago even up so i will my list will be brand new at least uh as far as that's considered although i bet it ends up looking kind of the same what's your <laughs> who you got sitting at the top in pole possession for the uh for the win right now you're not going to be super happy with me by the end of this list but i've got emily then d Austin, then Jake, Katura, then Drew, then Mama J. I mostly agree with you. I have Katura last because I think she's the kind of the only one I don't really see a path to victory for. Um, I don't know how she can get into a position to be the driving force behind. Like she can definitely be a part of the votes to get a D yeah. and Austin, whoever out, but I don't know how there's not really a way for her to be the leader of one of those moves and not then a, a group of three at the end that she could sit with where I think that she could convincingly win the argument outside of maybe if everyone's just like, we like you. And for some reason we've decided to hate whatever Reba member or Emily or something you're sitting there with. So I have her at the bottom just cause I think she's the only one that I can't even see the smallest chance of right. winning, but then I have Austin first and Emily second, but it's really just a tie. I think right. Austin has at least entered the chat for me for weeks. I think at least three or four weeks, even the week or two before Kelly went home, I was pretty convinced that like Emily's going to win. 
And I still feel very convinced Emily is going to win, but I just think Austin has so much power right now. And is kind of, again, as we said earlier, if he wants to be guaranteed in the final five and then the odds on favorite, not overwhelming, but like the favorite of those five to win the, the last immunity or fire or whatever. So I just, he's kind of in the top tier now with Emily to me. D drew Julie, I actually honestly put Jake above them because I think he's going to get to the final three. Now he's survived far enough to now, whether he gets to the final three as an Owen of like a true, you know, his position doesn't change from what it's been the last three weeks. And it's just like, you're here because you're just here versus a, like he, I think he has a chance to not be an Owen and to have a shot at final three based on what he could do in the next few episodes. Um, but I, I kind of just look at Austin as going to be the winner in my mind of the re before, which means the other three moved down for me. So I've got yeah. Emily and Austin at the top, Jake third, the three Reba members, and then Katura. And I could still see any of everyone except for Katura winning, but I really, it's like 1% for the others and it's 50, 50 Emily and Austin for me. Um, I get that. But my, we will see. Yeah. My only qualm is that I, I think that Austin has a bit of a blind spot for D uh, because they are so close. Not necessarily that he doesn't see her as a threat. He absolutely does. I just don't know. I. It's not that I think he's going to like misplay idols or anything like that, but I don't know if he's going to miss his shot to take D out. It's just going to be a who between when Drew and Austin, yeah. there's going to be a scene of Drew and Austin sitting on the beach and Drew saying, we we have to get D and Austin yeah. saying let's do Mama J first, and yeah. them being like, you know, we're we want to be together. We want it to be the two of us, but we each attached ourselves to one of the two women in the in this. And so, yeah. who wins? But who has the sway of those two? And I would guess that Austin gets to say, "That's fair. I love you. I'm not gonna turn on you, but I'm the one with the two idols." Yeah. So tiebreaker we're voting for mama j first um and i get to keep both of my besties longer um so yeah uh but that i think that conversation is 100 that's that's predictions right into predictions yeah number one prediction in the next two episodes we are going to see austin and drew have a one-on-one discussion sitting on the beach of who which of the two women are we going for and we they i would think we maybe see the inverse of that too except mm-hmm. julie and d we've heard say whisper each other's names we've at least got a small inclination that they're like yeah. a little more thinking about this is going to happen at some point and so i'm not confident that we'll see that uh conversation happen but i am that drew and austin are gonna have a one-on-one um what other predictions or do you have any predictions for next week what kind of challenge do you want to see next who goes home any anything of that variety I think that we're within the next episode or two, we're going to see like a Reba implosion, whether that only means one person gets out and the other three stay in and work their way towards final five. I'm not sure. Um, I can also see a conversation between Emily, Jake and Keturah basically being like, who do we ask? Because you only get one shot. And if you don't, approach the right person out of the reba four then they just go after them and pick them all off 
but I don't know who the right person is. I don't know if it's Drew because Drew can obviously see that Austin and D are in that power position or if it's Mama J because she knows that against the three of them, she's going to have a harder battle against the other three Reba. And she's the one that's willing to potentially make moves a bit more. She's because she's been forced to make emotional moves and vote out people that she's close to. I think she's the one that's going to be, have an easier time voting out yet again, somebody that she's close to. So I think, as much as I think Drew would be a better fit in that four, I think Mama J might be the better choice to approach about being a four and taking out the other Reba. I would bet that who of the who who would the four do those three approach? It's not gonna be Drew because I don't I think Jake and Drew uh <laughs> yeah. Is it's not gonna like ha- it's not probably not gonna happen. Yeah. Um, although it's not like their blow up was big enough, they couldn't put that behind them. I don't think it's Julie though, because I don't think they trust that could trust that Julie can lie well enough to the other three, or that she won't immediately like, go to D. Get, wouldn't immediately go to, or even if she truly wanted to, yeah, would be able to do it without giving it away of yeah. like through the fact that she would you know not be comfortable lying to these people. And so if I'm those three, I'm going to D. It's probably going to backfire. She's probably going to tell Austin right away, but I'm probably honestly going to D or Austin. One, I don't know. Uh, well, maybe I'm going to Austin. Maybe I'm like, hey, Austin, it's fine. You got those idols. That's cool. The, in my mind, if I'm Emily, maybe I'm like, yeah. Austin has idols. I can't do anything about him until final five anyway. So right. if I've got to take a shot, at one of these people convincing one of these people probably the one that i can't ultimately like take down anyways might as well maybe that puts him in the pole position to be approached of uh the three of us are willing like you know it's not that hard of a conversation for them to have no one of those three goes to austin or any of them and says hey you know if it's emily and she's like hey me katura and jake we all have the exact same feeling we don't really want to go to final tribal with two of you we don't want all of you four to you know win whatever we're all voting together one way or the other yeah assuming that you also realize you have to vote for one of your friends at some point we just want you to know that the three of us are voting together you're the first person we've come to to say we will give you our three votes where you want us to place them and let you pick but uh that's that's what we're doing we're in lockstep over here you let us know and uh, whether you go and tell all of them or not, we're still all three voting for one of the four of you. And one of you will crack, basically. Like, if you take that real strong position yeah. of, like, one of you is going to crack. If you four want to vote one of us out, great. Continue on with your little group of four. I don't think that's the right move. And the three of us aren't, you know, yeah. can they all, can they actually turn it? Can Jake actually do the mobster thing? He was He was accused of being a mobster before. Can he actually do the mobster of, like, Go ahead, vote us out. We're the three of us are voting for one of you, no matter what, together, yep. and you won't know which one unless one of you tells us, and one of you's gonna tell us. Like, so yep. come on, Jake, make the next episode the departed. That's my wish. Well, yeah, Jake, that, go to Drew and sense. say, you know what? This is the departed, brother. Do you want to backstab all of your best friends with me? Doesn't that sound great? And that honestly, like that makes the most sense. Their best move is to say we are not three separate votes we are a single vote. Yeah. Like we are a united 
three our votes. three votes go on the same person no matter what yes. that's just a guarantee you guys have run the game we're in because it also they it would be maybe it would be hard to spin after that but like you can also pitch like austin you get the credit then too we're yeah. we're saying we're all voting we're forcing your hand but like you would be the one that then steps over with us and gets to then say in theory at a final tribal when the, uh, the strong four that ran the game broke up, I was the one that did it. I called the shot. I was the one that got the other person out. So that is like a, it's, it's a tempting offer. And I'm guessing one of the, one of the four is going to take it, uh, either offer it themselves or take it. Yeah. Somehow, some way. You don't even have to go talk to everyone individually. The three of like, you can just wake up one morning and say, look, we're going to make this easy on the four of you. The three of us are voting together. The four of you have to decide which one of you is telling us a name to put down. Yeah. Because even just, because it's one thing to go to everybody individually, but if you put that on front street, like, and just say, the four of you get to decide who comes to us first and gives us a name as to who we're voting out. Yeah, that's, oh, I I really hope the three of them can actually do some version of this because it's going to be yeah. really annoying if they, even if it ends up being a Reba person, if it, it's it's all, you know, basically seven individuals, yeah. I want to see those three pull a little bit of power back. We'll see if, I don't know, now that Bruce isn't there, I think Jake and Emily and Katura could trust each other for one mm -hmm. single vote and can, could, you know, hold a firm stance for one vote at least, but uh, I don't know. They've all shown to be a little squirrely in the past. So we will see next week and we will be back next week uh, yes. for sure. Sometime between Friday and Monday, we'll, we'll do our best to get it a little earlier next week. We've now hit Monday for the second time. <laughs> um, so Saturday and Sunday now in the last place, as far as days, Friday, still holding strong, I believe with three uh, yes. Monday catching up now with two. So we shall see, but we will be back Um and until then, yeah, use the links below. Hit us up, either of us on Instagram, if you want to chat, Survivor, Challenge, anything uh, related to those topics or otherwise even, yeah. you know, I'll probably respond to just about anything, more Pretty or much, less. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thanks to, oh, also big shout out to, especially if you're still listening to this, uh, or you're probably then one of the people that shared, you know, Spotify wrapped uh, was, you know, amazing. I said in the last uh, challenge episode, I did how amazing it was hearing from everyone. And I've started to get some of the folks that, you know, in the top 10, top five, top yeah. podcast spot, uh, letting me know who exactly you were. So if that is you and you haven't, feel free to DM me. A few people that have DM me about specifically, I this podcast moved into your Spotify rap because of the Survivor podcast now here with the two of us. Uh, big shout out to you. That is amazing. That's awesome. Here. Glad that folks are liking it. And uh, thank you to you, Tony, for being here so that I can say that <laughs> I don't just talk by myself every week for every single podcast. I only do that half the time now. <laughs> My pleasure. All right. We'll talk to everyone next week. Links below. Hit the follow. DM us. And uh, we'll chat next time. Have a good one.